This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. So in this episode, I'm speaking to Becky Baker about how she turned her struggles as a new puppy mum into the Canine Nation app. But there is so much more in this episode than just the app. Um, I've worked with Becky for three years now. She was the first ever consultancy client I had. So it's a really kind of special episode for me, really, because I've watched um, how she's really developed and really like put so much into Canine Nation. And both of our lives have really changed over the past three years since we first met. She kind of set me off on a journey by me writing about her journey. So it's really, really great to have this episode with her. And um, in there, she shares loads of really helpful information to anyone who's thinking of setting up an app or just following their dream, really, having an idea and following it through. Because we all have so many ideas, don't we? And quite often, you know, we think about these things and then they just kind of drift into the ether and they don't happen. With Becky, she's just got so much gumption and grit and she made it happen. So she's now got, an, she's now got investors, she's now got a team, she's like Canine Nation is absolutely flying and Becky shares so much really, really helpful information about how she made that happen. So I think you're going to get loads from this episode. One of the things that she does say, which really stood out for me, is that it's better to have a part of something than 100% of nothing. She says for a long, long time, she wanted to do everything on her own. She bootstrapped the whole app in the first place, you know, just scratching around and getting her savings to make it happen. And then earlier this year, she was able to secure investment. So while she doesn't, while um, other people are now involved in K9 Nation, it's made it's made her dream happen. So she shares loads of really, really helpful information. She's also very kindly offered to, um, you know, offer her support to anyone else who's thinking of doing something similar. Um, she talks about, you know, how to make it work as a startup, how she got involved in Business Accelerators, loads and loads of brilliant advice, um, as well as her personal story as well. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. You're going to learn loads from it. I know I did. Um, and thank you loads, Becky, for coming to talk to me. Okay, so today on the podcast, I'm really excited to be speaking to a lady who I met three years ago when I first started doing consultancy and working with pet brands to help raise awareness of the work that they do. Um, and Becky Baker, who it is who I'm speaking to, she just she's been working on her idea for Canine Nation, which she's going to tell you more about now. But it's a bit of a milestone for both of us because Becky has really taken Becky Canine Nation and Becky have really taken off this year. Um, and things have changed a lot for me too so it's really great to be speaking to Becky because we were both together right at the start um, so Becky I'm going to hand over to you now to introduce yourself can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do of course thanks Rachel for having me like you said it feels very special to be here um, so as you said uh, I'm the founder of Canine Nation which is essentially an online community for dog owners um, to be technical, we're seen as a, a marketplace platform or a dog directory with a mix of social networking. But to put it in simpler terms, we're almost a hybrid of, of Facebook and TripAdvisor, but specifically for dog owners. And it comes in the form of a free app, um, which people can download via Google Play or the Apple Store. Um, and th the idea for the concept came about really because I got my dog buddy, who's a cockapoo, um, when he was just a pup at eight weeks old and although I'd done all my research as a single pet parent I found it really tough um, I, I think at the time you know when you and I first started working together we sort of coined the phrase post puppy blues 
Um, and, you know, I thought I was going and, and having this wonderful experience with my dog and you see it on social media and it's all wonderful. And it was actually really, really tough. And I just felt like I needed a support network and I couldn't find one that was out there other than what were typically just dog Facebook groups. Um, and I just thought, wouldn't it be amazing if I if I had something at my fingertips? It was a, a mobile app that I could find new walks. I could connect with other like minded people, arrange dog walks, have advice. And the more I looked into it, there just wasn't anything out there. So that's where the idea was born, really. Fantastic. OK, so I love um I know because you've been in, obviously we've been we've known each other for a good few years now um, and a lot of the time I, when I'm talking to people about how to get publicity and how to come up with story ideas the light bulb moment is one of them isn't it so you had that light bulb moment so can you talk us through like when you actually can you remember like where you were where you thought oh my gosh this is what I need this is what I'm going to do can you can you kind of walk us through that I think yeah the, the idea started to sort of curate over a number of weeks because I'd, I'd, there'd be different instances where I would be feeling so sick of going on the same walks that I knew in my local area and yes there was some websites out there where you can research other walks but then I'd want to know where was there a dog-friendly pub that was near to where I decided to walk and then I'd have to look at a different website and it was all looking on my browser on my app on my phone and not an app and it all just seemed really tough and I, and I'd just as time went on, I thought there's got to be an easier way of me getting information as a dog owner to make this simpler. It felt really tough and I was like, it shouldn't be this hard. So it, it, it just kind of happened over a number of weeks. And I thought, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be handy if there was an app that had everything in one place? And then that was kind of the moment I thought, well, hang on a minute, there isn't. So, well, why not? And, and it's up to me to do that. And, and that's kind of where it happened. Okay, so what I love about this is, you know, like I don't have any tech background and I'm always, you know, bimbling around thinking, oh, this, that's a, that'd be a good idea. And wouldn't it be great if you could do this? But you actually went and did it. So you went and, you know, you you made it happen. You went and made the app. So can you tell us about what that was like? So I know that you've, because I know, um, I know you were already, I know that you've got a tech background, but, you know, where did you even start with going and getting an app? It is and, and I do feel like I had a little bit of an advantage and I can understand why it would be so overwhelming for people. Um, so my background before Canine Nation was in a completely different sector. It was in the legal world. Um, I'm what was known as a software product manager. So it's my job to take a piece of software, understand what the end user needs that piece of software to do. And then I'm sort of the bridge between the end user and the developer. And I kind of translate the two. So it needs to do this. And then I put it into developer talk and we get it built and deliver it back to the end user. So that was kind of my bread and butter anyway. And I understood that sort of software management cycle. Through the day job, I had connections with some developers who I trusted. I knew their quality of work. And I just reached out to one of them on a personal basis and said, look, I've had this idea we help me make it a reality and create what what is known in the in the industry and tech industry as an MVP, which is a minimum viable product. So it's like the bare bones of creating a concept so you can test if it's any good. Yeah. Um so I just you know I had to just go back and, and do the basics. What do I want it to do? Um what was the cost of it and then work out timescales of how long it'd take. And it is hard, I'm not gonna lie, tech is a very tricky um industry to go into it's very complex and there's only even even myself there's only so much I understand at the back end and sometimes it glazes over goes right over my head and I just have to trust what the person in front of me is saying um but I do feel I had a bit of a, an unfair advantage and also 
I'm quite a risk averse person. So I also was very careful and with my legal background, knowing about getting um, the right licensing for anything that a developer created, making sure that I had the right rights to it and then it belonged to me and not to the developer because you hear all sorts of nightmare stories about things like that happening um, with businesses. So it is scary, um, but it, it can be done. And with the right support around you, you can find ways of doing it. Okay, so as I know you, and I know you've, you know, I've known you from the kind of really early stages of Canine Nation, you've, you've, both, you've talked about your background in tech, and you've talked about the fact that you've got the legal background, and you had the contacts and all of those things. But what I would say as someone who knows you pretty well, is what's really got you there is just your absolute grit and determination. So, you know, you and also like, you know, it's not like you're some rich kid who's spending. Well, I assume you're not, because if you have, if you were, you've never let me know, or I've not picked up on it. But you know, you're not like some pampered princess who's been given a load of money by your parents. I know when we first met, you bankrolled, you, or you boot. I think you described it as bootstrapping the app, hadn't you? So you, yeah. you know, literally gone and found that money. You know, grafted away and got that money yourself, hadn't you? So can you tell me about that and how you? Well, yeah, how you get the funds? How you got the funds together and how you kept going? I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was tough, and you're right. It's called bootstrapping in terms of like the the entrepreneurial world and, and investment world. It's that's what it's called when it comes from your own savings or from family and friends. And I think that's why it took me so long to get to where I am because those first two years were literally I would work my full time day job, scrape what I could off the top after I you know I lived alone, I had my own mortgage to pay, my own car payments, self sufficient, independent woman. And I would scrape whatever I could off the top to then say, I've got X amount this month for the developer. What's that going to get me on the on the map to the product we talked about? And yeah. it just took a long time. Um, had I had all that money in the bank ready, I could have cracked on and got it out there a lot sooner to market. But it was just a real slow process. And I think I'm a very impatient person. And, and it was hard to stay focused and stay motivated. It, it was my own personal money and there comes a point where you put so much into it and we're talking a good few thousand pounds that I've put into it as my own personal money you don't see any return on it for ages and you're like is at what point do I draw the line and say enough is enough um and I think it was through a support network both personally my family are so super supportive um work were understanding at the time that this is something I was exploring and was supportive and also professional support. So, you know, not to embarrass you, but we had a lot of conversations where you helped me validate ideas. And as someone who knew the industry fairly well, even back then, you, when I ever, I struggled and was like, oh, is this the right thing to do? We would just have a check-in point and I would run something past you and you'd be like, it's so exciting, Becky, what you're doing. And those moments just kind of push you on to the next hurdle and keep you going during that time. Okay, well, thank you. Um, that you know that does mean a lot. And like I say, I've always had a huge amount of admiration for the, the the grit that you have because it's really hard when you're on your own and you know doing something new and that you don't know whether it's going to work. Like I know it's different to what I do, but I've been on a kind of similar path, I guess, over the last few years where you do think, is it worth it? Do I go back to a job? Do I go? You know, oh my god, why am I doing this to myself? Sometimes when you're absolutely knackered and you've got no money. Um, but it's and it's hard to keep going isn't it um but you know I think that it's a it's a huge huge thing that you've you've that you've achieved so 
we met back in like December 2017. I remember it was like being in Dun & Massey in the snow with you and Buddy and going to the pub and talking about all the stuff that you had going on, which was brilliant. And then last year you had the pause on tour thing. So that I think was like, that was a huge leap of faith, wasn't it for you? So I, I know all about the pause on tour thing, but not everybody does. So can you tell us about pause on tour and what, and what that was all about? Absolutely. And, and you're right, it was a it was a turning moment in the journey of K9 and it was a catalyst to where we are now, really. So just to give a bit of context, I was still working full time um, for the law firm that I was at. And there was an event that happened and we really sadly lost a colleague in a motorbike accident overnight of the weekend. So she was there Friday night, said goodbye to her Monday morning. She was gone. And it wasn't that I was particularly close to her. But it was one of those punch you in the face moments and you just think life is too short. I'd become a bit disengaged at the law firm. We'd been bought out by a big American company, a typical corporate takeover, a lot of bad blood running around. And I just thought, do you know what? There's more to life than this. I need to do something with K9. I've got a gut feeling. I can't ignore it. I can't just let it go. It's go hard or go home. So I handed my notice in, which was hard because it was a very well-paid, secure job. But I just thought... I'm going to do this. And I bought a motorhome, which I have never done in my entire life. Mm-hmm. I had it all branded on the outside with all our social media and our hashtags and everything. And I plotted out a route for two months to go around. It ended up being just England at the time. We couldn't quite get to the, the other sort of home nations, but we went, pl- planned to go around and just visit all the different dog friendly places that we could find. And with your wonderful help, we put out a lot of press at the time to give a shout out to people to say, if you're really proud of being dog friendly in your region or your cafe or your uh, shop or whatever it is, let us know and we'll come and see you. And basically, Buddy and I, just the two of us, (laughs) set off for two months just going around, traveling every single day, moving day to day visiting all these different parts of the country, meeting people who'd reached out to us um, after the press release had gone out. And, you know, we went round and for me, it was, it was twofold. It was the personal, I need a break from the whole corporate world and I need to explore this chapter of my life. And the second thing is it was about validation about the concept of canine. It was getting out there, meeting the people who would essentially become customers of canine as an app and as a product and, and, and hearing it from the horse's mouth, it's all right, me assuming that it's great and I have a genuine need for it, but does the rest of the country so it was a really important part of the process for me. And then I got back and I absolutely knew this was the right thing to do. And then I'll tell you a little bit later about what then happened after we got back. But it was, I'm not going to lie, it was so hard at the time. It was, I kept a video diary, which is all on YouTube. Um, but I had some amazing times and met some amazing people, but it was tough work, just me and Buddy. Oh my God, I can totally imagine. Because I know when, and I know we had a conversation when you were like, I've got this idea and I was I was saying oh my gosh it's so brilliant I love it um and like I know we're, we're obviously talking and this is going out on audio but like if I can just paint a picture of Becky she's like really glamorous and she's not the kind she's not the sort to you know slum it in a camper van with the dog for two months so I know that it will have been like a test for you but also I just had a brilliant experience because you're going out there you're getting in front of people and you, you're doing something. That, and I, I watched your video diaries and all of your social media. And it, it was just I was just buzzing watching it because it was validating what you were doing, but could also see like how how amazing it was for you. And to go from being in a corporate job and being, you know, not 
I'm not saying that you were like stuffy in corporate or anything like that, but so then going on this crazy like pause on tour thing and going to all of these all these events and meeting all these people it was just brilliant I absolutely loved it and like when you said about you know putting out the press release and how that got you in front of people can I just say just to give Becky credit here I helped Becky write a press release for the local papers and the nationals but Becky went out there and she got all the email addresses she found all the publications she went and did the work and then you know got it out there so that's how it that's kind of how it worked but the other thing that you did was you got on the one show as well so tell me can you tell people listening how you did that because again that was another like oh my gosh what has she done now this is brilliant yeah it was it was just one of those things and I think it taught me a big lesson and it's something that you know I know you work with a lot of businesses and this is a message that you drill home to them a lot and it's something we've talked about but you don't ask you don't get yeah so I went on the one show website and they had a typical contact us form and I just I just wrote them and I just said, thought your viewers might be interested in this story that I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. You know, would be happy to have a conversation with someone if they want to reach out to me. And one of the producers just rang me out of the blue and said, we've got your contact information and we think it's really interesting. We happen to have a cats and dogs special coming up. We need a dog to come down and be um, a dog that our vet examines live on the show. You know, we can't specifically talk about your branding because we're the BBC, but we would love to have you on. And we'll definitely talk about the fact that you're going on a road trip with Buddy. Would would you like to come down all expenses paid with Buddy to the studio? And it was a, a an easy yes for me. But it, it just goes to show, you know, what, what did I have to lose from sending that email? Absolutely nothing. And something amazing came out of it. And we got some fantastic coverage. So... No, it's just brilliant. So, so good. I think I've got a picture of you somewhere that you sent me of you at the, like the platform or something. So it was just brilliant. Um, and that's, you know, that's just what I love about everything that you do. You totally throw yourself into into everything. So you did the pause on tour and I know that it was a big, big game changer for you. And then this year has been a pretty, pretty good year for you as well, hasn't it? So can you tell us about the kind of things that despite all of the lockdown, lockdown challenges, tell me about the kind of things that have been happening for you in 2020? So I mentioned earlier that I came back from the road trip and I knew that it had been a, a catalyst to, to what was going to happen. And I think I came back from the trip and I recognised that in order to take the next step forward with canine, I needed help. And it's hard to admit that to yourself sometimes because you want to be protective. It's your it's your baby. It's, it's something you've grown. And it was a, I recognised that I needed help financially. I needed help. Um, from experts who'd done this kind of thing before. You know, I'm a, I'm a fairly clever person. I've got great ideas, but I can hold my hand up and I know where I've got gaps in my skill set. So the first thing I did was I enrolled on a business accelerator program. And do you know what? There's There are accelerator programs all up and down the country and they're free. A lot of banks run them. A lot of uh, local government organisations run them. And you just have to register. You meet. You have to sort of satisfy certain basic criteria. But I, I enrolled on one and it was amazing. They gave me so much guidance and clarity and helped me get my business plan and everything into a really good shape with a view that I was then going to go out for some seed investment. Um, and, and it just helped me massively, but it, it is hard to accept when you've got limitations and, and you need to be very self-aware, I think, if, if you want to succeed. And when I spoke to family and friends, I realized it's better to have a part of something than 100% of nothing. And that's what was going to happen to K9. 
because yeah. I had reached my limit of where I could take it as an individual. No matter how great the idea, I didn't have hundreds of thousands of pounds to throw at it to make it become what it needed to be. So um, fast forward, did six months accelerator program. I was still working part-time consulting for another law firm to pay the bills, which you have to do real world. Um, and then I took part in a, in a program called Pitch Fest, which is like a non-TV version of Dragon's Den. Yeah. Uh, and I'd done two workshops preparing for this. And then we went into lockdown so we actually ended up doing a virtual pitch event. So there's me on a Zoom to a faceless sort of screen of God knows how many investors, you know, seasoned investors. And you have to do your pitch deck and, and talk through your investment. And that was really the start of it for me. From that, I then secured um, a team of investors, which was amazing for me. Um, and since then, we've been on this amazing journey. We, we secured the investment and that was all finalized mid-summer. And then the last six months have just been a roller coaster. Um, and we've got some amazing, exciting plans in the future for what's to come. Fantastic. OK, so can you tell me, um, are you still, are you, what what's happened? You're still working um, a few days in the day job and then to Canine Nation every other, every other waking hour, basically. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I think they call it a side hustle, but it's so yeah. much more than just a side hustle for me now. And and what's fantastic is that the, the law firm I work with now are very aware. They knew when I joined them that this was my long-term goal and yeah. that this was, this was what my passion was. Um, and, and we have that very open relationship, which I think is very, you know, very important to me um, that we have that. And the, the idea is that we, um, we have, we're going through um, crowdfunding early next year which is really exciting and the hope will be that at that point when we have more funding and a bit of a runway for the next two years of operations I'll be able to make that transition across. Wow okay okay so we've talked about like you kind of you kind of getting to where you are today which is really really brilliant but can you tell us a little bit about how Canine Nation works because it's there's two kind of it works in two different ways doesn't it so we've got the the we've got it, it it's for pet parents Yes, like clueless pet, not clueless, but you know, pet parents <laughs> have to learn about all kinds of different things. But it's also for pet professionals as well. So, can you kind of fill us in a little bit about how that works? Yeah. So, essentially, I mentioned earlier the technical term is almost like a marketplace platform. So, we have two distinct customer segments. We've got our dog owners who um, can access the app for free. They can use a social networking element. You know, they can find friends. They can add stuff to the newsfeed. They can find and discover walks, add reviews, find useful article content, all that kind of stuff. But they can also, as of the start of next year, they can discover products and services within the app as well. So that takes us nicely onto the other customer segment, which are our dog-related businesses, products and services. So these businesses can appear within the app and they are connected to their target market, i.e. the dog owners. So really, we are just the platform that connects these two customer segments that want each other. You know, mm -hmm. the owners want access to these. And what's fantastic about the concept behind the app is it uses that whole distributed trust model that we're so used to as consumers. So you you buying a new washing machine, what do you do? You Google it and you see how many stars it gets on Trustpilot. Or, you know, you're looking for peer validation as to whether something's good or not. And the whole premise of canine and something that, is so important to me one of the core values is transparency now as a yeah. brand we do not advocate 
one brand of dog food over another, for example. All we do is provide information and choice. We're not e-commerce. We don't sell direct. All we do is provide a mechanism for all the dog food brands, if they choose to, to be within the app, for the community to see that, review it, give their own opinion and make an informed choice. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't take a standpoint on anything. We have some basics, responsible dog ownership, you know, no harm, all those kind of core things that we take a stand on. But in terms of putting one brand or recommendation over another, we don't do that. And mm-hmm. that's really important to me. Um, I think the values of our business, you know, responsible dog ownership, dogs being a member of the family, transparency, honestly. For me, that was one of the biggest things that made me nervous when I opened the business up to investors because I had to work with a team that understood those values and, and, and they felt passionate about them because whenever, you know, no matter how big we get, no matter how much we grow, if we're just set faced with a decision to go down route A or route B and we're not sure, we have to go back to those values and say, well, which one reflects the values, right? Is that one, we have to go that way. It's very important for me that, and and luckily I feel really blessed so far that the, the team I've got around me are fantastic and they're all very on board with those values. Okay. So, you know, with the, so, my, so the people who listen to the podcast are both dog owners and pet business owners. So with the dog owners, obviously, it's like TripAdvisor meets Facebook. So you go and find, let's say if I go on holiday to Devon, I can go and find everything that I need in the app because yeah. I don't know Devon and I don't know where all the things are. Um, and then for the pet businesses, how does it work with them? Is that paid for or or what's? Yes, what's so the model for the, the pet businesses is it's a subscription advertising model. So much like mm-hmm. Your next Netflix monthly cost. The idea is that the businesses will sign up to a tiered structure that reflects mm-hmm. their business size, their business nature. Um, so, for example, if you're a groomer, you work from home, you, you know, you've converted your garage into a grooming parlor, you would be what we would call a tier one subscriber. Mm-hmm. And that's priced at £15. And you can then go on, you get your own business login to our portal, you create your own profile, your own content. And you can manage that subscription. You get a free trial as part of the process and you can cancel, pause at whatever time suits you. But you're then getting a profile within the app. You're discoverable um, where people can look and search and find your services. And as well as the basic app listing, the, the, the future of the business portal for us is that we're trying to create an ecosystem for dog-related businesses. We don't just want you to list on the, on the, on the app. Mm-hmm. We want to provide you helpful resources and articles, much in the same way we're doing for our dog owners on things like enrichment, separation anxiety. As a business, we want to support you, giving you advice on technical stuff that might be happening, like new IR35 codes or you know new legislation that's affecting groomers. Or That's going to be our job to try and curate this content, whether it's a list of experts like yourself who you know, we we trust and recommend that you, if you need a, a PR specialist in the industry, Rachel Spencer is the lady to go to. Um, so as I say, we're trying to create this ecosystem for pet businesses. We want to be so much more than just somewhere where they can connect with customers. We mm-hmm. want to be trusted people that they can come to and be like, I want to grow my business canine. How do I do it? What, what can I do? How do I engage my customers more? We want to give them that support. Yeah, I think um, I think that's a good point. Actually, I have spoke to because um, you know there are a lot of people out there providing products and providing support as well for businesses of all kinds. Um, and 
you do hear you hear of people having good experiences and you hear of people having bad experiences whether that's with websites or with seo or, or like all kinds of different things really and it's good that people can go to trusted providers so that's really helpful i wanted to ask you as well and um, when you sorry i'm going a bit backwards here but when uh, when you went to the when you went and pitched to the investors um i don't i don't want this to sound like Becky, tell me how great it was that you'd got press coverage through me. <laughs> that just sounds really like, you know, it sounds really crap. But um, did it, did it, do you think it helped that you had already done a lot of work to raise your profile? Absolutely. Uh, it was something that one, one of my investors in particular refers back to quite a lot because there, there was a slide in my pitch deck actually that is press coverage that it's a whole slide and when you've only got 14 slides in your whole deck to have a whole one dedicated to press coverage just shows how important it is and they say when you know when you're in the entrepreneur world and you're, you're looking for investment I can't remember what the stats are it's something crazy like it's 20% the idea and 75% the person they're investing in yeah and I think the press angle was demonstrative of the fact that I was a grafter I was taking things into my own hands I could get stuff done look what I could do on my look what this person can do with just her and a very limited budget look what she's achieved the amount of press coverage imagine what she could do if she did have financial backing and did have a support network around her so the press coverage, you know, it, it always does play a very vital role. And even when we're moving forward into our crowdfunding campaign next year, it's still going to play a very important part of our journey and our story. So I can't I can't stress enough how significant it is that that we did all that press over the course of the three years. Definitely. And also the fact I know I said this earlier, but you did it. You went out and you you got those contacts. You did the thing with the one show, you you were just relentless so that's that's what's really you know and that's stuff that you said about 75 percent the person people want to see that grit and that determination which you totally have and um, so I wanted to ask you as well um I've obviously known you right from the beginning when it was you and Buddy and I remember you showing me the app like that first time we met and now you've got a team and you've got like you've got financial backing so and I, I, like, I remember when I watched you doing the Canine Nation tour and you did all of the blogging yourself, all the social media, all the like YouTube and stuff. You must have been absolutely knackered because I know how much work goes into it because <laughs> I'm still doing pretty much everything myself at the moment as well. Um, but tell me about like what life is like now compared to it was to what it was like at the start. Because You've got like a podcast, you've got a team. Yeah. Tell us about what, you know, how, how it compares. I mean, it's so much better. Um, like you say, it used to give me a lot of headaches trying to juggle everything myself. And it, it, trying to do everything myself became a detractor from the bigger picture for me. Um, and you end up just spinning around, you know, trying to do everything at once. And, you know, I do have a brilliant team behind me now. Not only my investors acting as strategic advisors and, and on the board with me, but we have a marketing team now. Um, I cannot tell you, well, you will know, Rachel, but I can't tell you what a godsend they are. Even, I mean, anyone who's looked at our socials, you look back at the beginning of our Instagram feed and then you look back the last few months, you'll see a stark contrast between the quality of what goes out now, the the design, um, you know, the thought that's put into it, the amazing content that goes, the branding, everything is just totally stepped up a, a whole level. And to have that level of support, because it's, it's all about engagement, it's all about providing content for our dog owners out there. So that's been a huge time saver for me. I still work extremely closely with the team on a day-to-day basis, but it's taken a lot of the heavy lifting. Um, 
yes, we've got a podcast, which is exciting. Um, I'm learning to do that. I, I will say that is something I do completely on my own still, um, down to the editing as well. So forgive me, those of you who've already listened to the first couple of episodes, it will get better as I teach myself to do to do better editing. But um, we've, um, you know, we've got a whole new version of the app. We, um, we, we parked the MVP as it was. It got us to where it needed to be. But knowing what we wanted to do for the future, we had to start again. That's why we took it off the market for a little while and then we relaunched just recently. And, you know, that is now going to go from strength to strength. I think one of the things that I I beat myself up about, and we've talked about it before, Rachel, is I'm a perfectionist. And we we said the other day about don't let perfect get in the way of good. Um, And I alluded to that earlier that technology is really hard. And I struggle sometimes when, say, we put out a release and it's got a bit of a bug with it. Yeah. And and you have to you have to roll with that because and I when I'm in one of my positive like context moods, I'm like, test and trace by the NHS has <laughs> millions of pounds spent on it, and that still doesn't work properly. So don't beat yourself up, Becky, if there's a little bug with your app when it's only been out on the market for a few weeks. And it's hard though, because you do go to those dark places sometimes and you're like, oh, I want it to be better. But you have to just look at the bigger picture and think, do you know what? We've got an amazing team now. The quality of the product is so much better. We've got the podcast. We've got some really exciting stuff coming up that I wish I could tell you about, but I can't just yet. Um, so, and, and I think the biggest thing for me personally, away from the business is the support I've got now from people who buy into the the vision of what we're trying to create just as much as me I have someone to or have people to bounce ideas off I have a CFO now to do all the finance stuff because I hate numbers and it was always a stress for me and I know that that part of it I can now keep an eye on but I can offload that bit to my CFO and trust that he's going to do the right thing for the business and that for me personally having those skills gap filled has been the biggest change Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm literally going green with envy here at listening to this. It sounds amazing. But I also think you need to not be hard on yourself about the podcast because we're not the, I know we had this conversation privately, but we're not the BBC. We're just putting out podcasts and trying to be helpful. Your podcasts are brilliant. So Becky has done the last two podcasts that I listened to were so, so good. Like one was about rescue dogs with two really great experts. And the other one was about, um, it was was it unwanted behavior how you described it undesirable behavior and it was about um barking dogs and other undesirable behaviors and she had these two experts on claire and greg and they were just amazing and then on the one before um and i loved all the stories about i loved sorry to go be a bit gushing becky but i loved all the stories and claire shared loads of relatable stories greg shared lovely stories about his dog um, and it was just fantastic. So I think you're putting out this brilliant content. Don't be hard on yourself. Um, and you won't get, you, yeah, definitely um, don't let perfectionism hold you back. But I know that you're not doing it anyway because you're going all guns now and it's brilliant. Um, so what would you say to anyone thinking of kind of doing somewhat something similar? You know, what would you say if you came across somebody with an idea and a passion like you had? Um, what would your advice for them be? I'd say do your research check out the market, see if anyone else is doing anything like this out there. Um, you need you need a USP, you need a unique selling point, something that's a point of differentiation because it is tough when you've got competition out there in the marketplace. Um, I'd say when you have your idea, seek validation. I'm not saying you have to go on a two-month road trip in a motorhome, <laughs> but 
you know, we, I've mentioned to you earlier before we started recording, Rachel, that one of the things, uh, techniques we've adopted is focus groups. We have a group of dog owners that we regularly talk to. We have a group of pet businesses we regularly talk to. We are trying to build something that is fit for purpose. That is what people actually want. It's not what we, it's not what we assume they want. We have to validate all our ideas and let them steer us in terms of what we do next. Um, And just, you know, it depends what it is, but as to whether you'd be eligible, but get advice from people who've done it before. I'm open to talk to anyone. I've had people from very successful pet businesses. I don't want to name names, but other ones who are maybe another two years ahead of me in this journey who have had investment, who have been on TV. I've had a couple of CEOs who have taken the time to talk to me and teach me the pitfalls and try and stop me from making some of their mistakes. So I'm here for anyone who wants to talk about ideas, but the startup accelerator programs are really great. So check out what there is in your local area, what your local council can offer um, and what different schemes, you know, I know NetWest has an accelerator program um, and, and there's different ones like there. So there is help out there for people who want to, to get it and want to enter that more structured program but just just go with your instincts I think it was my gut feeling all along that kept me on the right path I I could have given up I nearly did a few times um but I just in my gut knew that this was going to be something and if I didn't do something I was going to kick myself um but I, I guess on the flip side I put risk mitigation things in there so whilst I did drop some days at work, I still could cover my bills because I didn't need that stress on top of everything else. I, I took measures to make it realistically achievable, if that makes sense. Can I ask you as well, you know, you just mentioned the word times you felt like giving up. Um, what kept you going? Was Did you have any kind of coping strategies, mechanisms? What was it that kept you plodding on? <laughs> I mean, he'll probably hate it, but my other half, I talked oh. to him loads. Um, he, he set up his own business about 15 months ago, another law practice. And he, I, I mean, this is going to sound a bit gushy. I'm sorry in advance. It's okay. He and I were best mates for seven years before we got together. Didn't really have any, didn't realize we had romantic feelings for each other, both in other relationships. And then about two years ago, we realized that we did have feelings for each other and got together he knows me so well. I used to work with him. He's seen me in a professional environment and he knows when stuff's whirring in my head. He knows how to get the best out of me. He knows when I'm down and he, we bounce off each other really well. Um, he talks to me about his business problems and his ideas and concepts and I do the same. And we're both having to put so much into our jobs at the minute. Well, they're not jobs, they're careers, they're passions. And sometimes I think if one of you wasn't and one of you was, there could be some resentment there because he works a lot of nights. I work a lot of nights. We talk about it all the time, but we're both going through it together. So there's like a mutual understanding that that this is what has to be done. It's yeah. not easy. And, and I think anyone that thinks you start up a business and boom, you go viral and you're a success overnight. It just doesn't happen. I, I mean, there may be the odd unicorn out there where that does happen, but realistically, I've been slogging away for three years, as as you have, Rachel, and I'm still only just seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, for me, it's it's been my partner and my family that have kept me going when I've really hit those low moments. Oh no, that's really good to hear that you've got that support as well, because I know how I know how tough it can be. Okay, well, look, Becky, you shared loads of brilliant advice um, in this episode, and yeah, I think if anyone was, listening, I always try to think about somebody where you were 
you know, a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, and thinking, yeah, you know, I'm going to keep going. That's what this is all about, isn't it? But also, I love the fact that, um, you know, I know how hard you've worked on getting your media coverage, which is the topic of this podcast, but I like to explore other things, obviously. Um, so it's really great that that's played a part in, in making Canine Nation a success. And I'm just just so, so chuffed to see all the stuff that you're doing. And I also love that you've kind of given it back to the community and to the people who, who we both know where we all kind of support each other by showcasing them. And it's just such a great kind of ecosystem that you've got going on there. Oh, so I'll stop talking now, but can you tell us um, where we can find out more about K9 Nation? Where's the best place to go and check you out? Absolutely. But before I do that, I, I just want to say on the on the publicity thing, because obviously that's what the, the podcast is about. I think one of the things I've learned is don't assume that other people can do it better than you as, as a business owner, as an individual. It's something that you taught me. I think sometimes there's a lot of myths around, oh, I need to use a big PR agency or it's going to cost a fortune to do this and I, I need to get big posh press releases draft here, there and everywhere. And, and you taught me and I've learned it along the way as well that you you can do a lot of this stuff yourself. If you take yeah. the time to research, you know, whether it's reaching out to people like yourself who can give expert advice, which is affordable. Um, you know, you don't have to go and use really expensive consultants. It's dispelling those myths that you you need to have huge budgets behind you and be a massive company. You and I've talked about loads of great story ideas over the time. It's about being creative, thinking yeah. about unique angles. And so just to anyone out there who is listening, you don't need massive budgets. You can do this yourself. And through your program, Rachel, especially, they can learn how to do that. Um, so I just don't want people thinking, oh, that doesn't suit my size business because I'm a, I'm a one-man band. I've got nothing to say. I can't afford that. So I just I just wanted to mention that. But yes, if if anyone wants to um, to find out more, more about Canine Nation, um, we've got quite a fun URL, actually. It's the letter K, the number nine, and then nation, and it's .dog which is quite fun um, and you can find out there and you can it takes you to the link to download the app on the app stores you can find us on social media as well um, and Rachel feel free to put some contact details um, in the podcast details and if anybody wants to reach out and have a chat with me then I'm, I'm always happy to talk. Oh, fantastic. So I will put all of Becky's links in the show notes to the show. So if you're listening on the app, then just swipe up and you'll be able to find those. Um, but Becky, it's been brilliant chatting to you. And thank you for being so generous as well um, with the lovely things that you said about me and also um, offering to help other people who might be in your situation. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And I will look forward to seeing what happens with Canine Nation next. Thank you, Rachel. It's been great chatting. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.